in the aftermath of the Yidin's victory over the Yavonim, as Rambam says, Chazra Malchus Yisrael, Yiddish kingdom returned almost for about 200 years. That's the Rambam's, the Rambam says, more than 200 years, till the Khurban. Now we know there's a very well-known story in the sect of Baba Basir. In the beginning, the well-known story of Hurdus. The Gemara relates that Hurdus was an Evet, the house of the Hashmanoim, and there was a certain girl in the family that he uh, coveted. He wanted to marry her. He heard a baskal, he heard a voice coming from heaven that says that any servant that wants to rebel against their masters will be victorious. He realized that it might refer to him. He killed out the whole family, except for this girl. He wanted to marry the girl, and being that he will be the, you know, the only, uh, he'll, by, by de facto, he'll become the king, because he will be married to the only surviving princess. She ascended to the top of the roof, and she announced that anyone that says that they come from the Hashmanoi family are avodim, they're halachically servants, because Hurdus was uh, an Eved Kanani. Hurdus was, uh, he had the halachic status of an Eved, who is a goy, who has been bought by a Jewish master, and uh, he goes through a bris miller, he goes to mikveh, he becomes a quasi-Jew, an Eved Kanani, the Rambam ter- um, the Rambam categorizes an Evid Knani as someone who's not a Yid and not a Goy. You know, he's in no man's land. Like a Goylem, many hold a Goylem has the same halachic status. Not a Yid and not a Goy. That's why there's a whole shalif a Goylem Shechts. Is it okay? Is the problem of a Goy Shechting that it wasn't a Yid Shechting or the problem was the Goy Shechted? And the difference is, what if it's neither? The Pashas, it's only if the Goy Shechts because of Bachsheves Avodah But if it's a... Uh, a, a goylem shchit would be okay, lecher. Anyhow, no, okay, so it could be you have to have echadoyim adal gabov. But as far as his, uh, you know, his ma'aser shchit and his machshava would be fine. Rabbi Yosef Engel tines that a goylem is halachically like an evet kanani, and the Rambam categorizes an evet kanani as someone who's nishken yid, nishken goy, nothing. But either way, that's what Hurdus was. And the girl gets up on the roof and she announces anyone that says that they're a, a Hashmanoi, it must mean that they come from Hurdus and therefore they're Avadim. Because the whole family was murdered, she says, I'm the last girl and I'm jumping off the roof. And she jumps. Hurdus takes her body and he uh, ferments it in honey. Keeps it in honey for many years. The Gemara brings two opinions why he did that. One opinion is because he wanted to have relations with her while she was uh, <coughs> dead. There's a crazy chesidah about something like that, but it's not, not appropriate for a shul. So we'll have to save it for Thursday night shir or something. <laughs> but, and the other opinion, says the Gemara, is that he just wanted to have, to lay, you know, have rights to the kingdom and say, look, you know, I've married the princess. You know, I have her in my house. <clears throat> and the Hurdus took the reign. Hurdus ended up killing all the Chachomim as well because he heard that the Chachomim Adoirish from the Pasuk Nishayftim, Mikera Vachecha, from amongst your brothers, Tosim Alecha Melech, 
a king has to be a Jew, campion Evet. He said, who said that's Pshat in the Pasuk? The rabbis. He killed out all the rabbis. Anyhow, the Gemara there has a story of Hurdus. <clears throat> Ultimately, he did some type of tshuva, and he built a beautiful, you know, he rebuilt the second base of Mikdash. He did beautiful, extensive renovations, and it was a haflodic, the Gemara describes there in Baba Basra. Now, it sounds like the entire family of the Hashemunoyim were murdered. That's what it sounds like. And the Shaila is why. What in the world did they do that they should deserve such, such a extinction? Now, there happens to be a debate where they all killed. The Ramban we're going to see says they were all murdered. But there are others that Taina that know there were many survivors. Some Rishonim Taina, there were many survivors, but they were hiding out. They were afraid. They were afraid to identify themselves because Hurdus would kill them. And that's why when the girls said, if anyone says they come from Hashmanoi, they're from Hurdus, I, there's so many of her cousins remained alive, but they would never say they're Hashmanoi. Out of fear, Hurdus would hunt them down and kill them. As so, opposed to if there are <clears throat> any Hashmanoi? Yeah, the Ramban learns they were all murdered. They were all murdered. Others, Taina, no, there were many lying around, but they were Bahatner hate. They were, you know, keeping a very low profile out of fear. So when the girl got up and said, whoever says that they're Hashmanoi, it means they come from Hurdus and they're an Eved, according to Ramban, it's because there were no other Hashmanoi. According to other Rishonim, there were plenty, there were thousands, but uh, they, would not they would not announce it. They would not publicize it out of fear um, that Hurdus would hunt them down. So why would the Hashmanoi have deserved such an ill fate? So we're going to see a major debate in the Rishonim about how to learn Apostle in Parashas Vayechi. We're going to see there's a Ramban, there's a Rashba, there's a Ran, there's an Abarbanel, and there's a fascinating Bienes and Ibishitz as well. And hopefully we'll see some interesting things along the way. So we begin. Number one, two, three, and four are all on the right side. They're all Shtiklach from a Ramban. It's a well-known Ramban in Parshish Vayechi. So Yankiv is giving the Birchis Yankiv, and Yankiv tells... <laughs> Yehuda amongst the brachas lo yasur shevet mi Yehuda the stick the scepter shall never depart from Yehuda. So says the Ramban. The Ramban first of all learns the word shevet means malchus. Shevet means a, a king, not stam a ruler, not stam a rav a Torah leader. Even though the Gemara in Sanhedrin Dafhei quotes the pasuk and the Gemara says what lo yasur shevet mi Yehuda means is not kings. It's a Rosha Goliath Shebebovel. It's when the Yidin were in Bovel, post Bayesheni, there were the exile arcs, the heads of the Golus, and they came from Shevet Yehuda. That's what the Gemara, the Gemara said clear, that's what it refers to. It doesn't refer to any kings, it's Bechal not talking about that. And when the Pasuk continues, Mechoikik Mibain Raglov, that's the next part of the Pasuk, the Shevet will never leave Yehuda, and the Mechoikik will never leave the children of Yehuda. The Gemara says Mechoikik is those that teach Torah publicly. Nevertheless, the Ramban learns in simple meaning, Shevet means a king. The problem is, what did Yaakov mean? The kingdom, the kingship will never leave Yehuda? What, from that moment on, there were kings from Yehuda? It's not true. First of all, it took hundreds of years. Even when the Yidin were in Eretz Yisrael, there were hundreds of years until uh, there was a king. And Shaul, the first king, Bechlal, wasn't from Yehuda, it was from Benjamin. Go before then, Moshe. There's a big debate in the Rishonim if Moshe was a king. It depends how you touch the Pasuk in Vezoy Sabrocha Vayihi Bishurun Melech. 
there was a king in Yeshurun. The Ramban brings two pshat, and the Ramban calls him Chazal. Some say it refers to Moshe was a king. Others say it refers to the Ebishter. But uh, the Ramban himself entertains the possibility that Moshe was a king. Moshe is from Shevet Levi. Yeshua, Yeshua was a Melech, from Shevet Ephraim. So Lechayra, the, the, the first couple kings the Yidin had were Bechlal, not from Shevet Yehuda. But in addition, there were hundreds of years, there were no king at all. So what does Yaakov mean? There will always be a king from Yehuda. What do the words even mean? So it says in Ramban, Ein in Yonah It doesn't mean that it will never depart. It says in Parshish Kisava, it says in the Teichacha, the Ebishter will take you and your king, El Goya Shaloya Dota Atavavisecha. If God's going to take you and your king elsewhere, you know, and you're going to be sent to another nation and thrown into exile, your king is worthless. You have no king. You're under a foreign power. I, Loyosa Shevet Me Yehuda, there's always going to be a king from Yehuda. It's obviously not literal. Says Ramban, Heim Malcolm Begoyla, if us and our king are in Golos, Ein Lehem Melech Vesarim, that we have no king. And more than that, it says in Sefer, it says that we know in Sefer Shaftim, hundreds of years during the times of the Shaftim, there was no king. Continues Ramban, You ever saw any of the Nevi'im saying that Yidin are safe, you'll never go into exile. Why? Because Yaakov said you'll always have a king, which means you can never go to exile because then you'll lose your king. There's, it never comes up anywhere in Tanakh, such a gedang, such an idea. So obviously the Apostle never meant that. Avol in Yoni, what it means is, What it means is, <coughs> the Shevet will not leave from Yehuda to one of the brothers. In other words, if there's going to be a king amongst the Yidin, it will have to be by Yehuda. Ki Malchus Yisrael, when Yidin have a king, the king will be from Yehuda. That's the pshat. Yes, you can have hundreds of years where there's no king. You can have Yidin and Golos. But when there's a king, that's right from Yehuda. Okay, that's pretty simple. And then he says, He won't have another brother ruling over him. Now that's already a bisalandrush. A bisalandrush. Now we're saying that none of the other Shvotim will rule over Yehuda. That's already different, because then what if Yehuda has his own king, and the rest of the Eden have their own king? Well, like what happened the, during Bayez What? That's exactly what, uh, what we're going to get to. That's exactly what we're going to discuss. So this point of the Ramban is much different. To say no one else will rule over him does give the room to have what happened during the first Beis HaMikdash. When the Malchus split, you had the king of Yehuda and Malchus Yisrael. But the line before that, the Ramban clearly says that when there's a king, it has to be from Yehuda, would not allow such a split like happened in Bayes Rishon. So that's an interesting reason why the Ramban throws in the second idea, which is a much smaller idea. Anyhow, And so too, when the Potok speaks about Mechaykik, yeah, the Gemara says it refers to someone who teaches Torah. But the Pshat is, the Pashtus is, it means a, a ruler. And Shekol Mechaykik B'Yisrael Shebeyod Tabas HaMelech Every leader that has the, the authority of the king, Mimenuyi, will come from Yehuda. So now the Ramban is very clear. It's not just Yehuda will have a king, Yehuda will have the king over all of Yidin. He gets the kingdom. Okay, so the Ramban has said so far that, yeah, there'll be times when there's no king, but when there is a king, Darzain from Yehuda. Fine. 
Now we go to the next shtickle. I tried to divide it up to get a little bit of clarity. Number two, the, the Ramban continues. Vakasuv Hazeromaz, the Pasuk here is hinting, Yankiv Himlich Shevid Yehuda Alechov. Yankiv somehow had the Balabatishkeit to make Yehuda the king over the brothers. Vahoyrish Yehuda, I'm sure, and Yehuda got the Yerusha of kingdom. Like we know that Reuven was supposed to get everything. Reuven was meant to be the Bechur and get the double portion. Reuven was, was going to be the Avoida, was going to be with the firstborns, namely the tribe of Reuven. And that's why Dost and Vaviram get involved in the Machlekes of Kairach. They come from Reuven. They were all upset that Mitamal, Shevet Levi, you know, has the, I thought the Avoida was meant to be by Reuven. And Reuven was also going to have the Malchus. And he lost all of it. The Avoida was given to Levi, the Malchus to Yehuda, and the double portion was given to Yosef. Reuven lost all of it. Pachas Kamayim, because he was uh, because of the story with the uh, with the uh, with the bed with Bila. But continues Ramban that Yankiv gave this over to Yehuda. V'humasha Omar David. It's a pasuk that David says Hashem chose B Mikol based Avi Lis Milcha Yisrael Oilam. I'm a king forever. Because Yehuda Bachel and David says very clearly amongst all the Shvatim the Eibusha chose Yehuda. And in base Yehuda, who did God choose? My father's family. And amongst my father's family, he chose me. We know the story that when all of um, Yishai's kids were lined up and Shmuel was sent by the Ebishter while Shaul was alive to appoint, anoint one of Yishai's kids. And uh, Punk David was the one kid that wasn't there. The family thought he was a mamzer, the whole story. But ultimately, David's saying over here, from all the Shvatim, God chose Yehuda. From Yehuda, he chose my family. And from my family, he chose me. And it's Lo'elam. Fine. Fine. Continues Rampan. Why did Yaakov say Lo'yosur? Lo'yosur is in a negative. Why didn't Yaakov just say Pashut? Kings will come from Yehuda. What's Lo'yosur? So Ramban says, you have to know like this. Lirmois, there will be other kings over the Yidin before it's given to Yehuda. Once Yehuda gets it, lo yasur. Lo yasur means once he has it, it won't leave. Until David becomes a king, you can have Shaul, you can have other kings, you can have Moshe, you can have Yeshua, all from different Shvatim. Once Yehuda begins, lo yasur And that's why it says that the Abishta gave kingdom to David you know, once it was given to David, it's his forever. Before then, though, you know, it could be to anybody. So that's another important point of the Ramban. Shaul's not really a question. Though. Right, and neither is Moshe, who was from Shevet Levi. Moshe could be a king, no problem. Yeshua was a king from Shevet Ephraim. <laughs> the Abar Benel has a long piece in Sefer Shmuel, I think it's Pedic Tess, where when Shaul is becoming the king, and he quotes this Ramban, he really tears it apart. He has many, many kashas. Mm-hmm. But one of them is he, he doesn't... Um, he doesn't buy this answer of the Ramban, that the Ramban is saying that until David, anyone could have it. Once David was given it, it's his forever. In other words, once it came to Yehudas, Yehudas forever. What happened to Asniel ben Kanaz? Asniel ben Kanaz is from Shevet Yehuda. And he was one of the first Shevetim. 
He was one of the first shaitzim right after Yeshua. He was a shaifet that Barbanel says it seems like he had. He was a leader. He was a Jewish leader, and he was from Shevet Yehuda. So says that Barbanel. Even you'll tell me Moshe. Fine, Moshe was before. You know, when Moshe was a king, Yehuda never had it. When Yeshua was a king, Yehuda never had it. But right after Yehuda got, Asniel ben Knaz had it. So if Asniel ben Knaz had it, how could Shaul have it later? He's considered a melech. He considers him a melech. So obviously we'll answer, he was just a shefet. He was just a shefet. The shail is, you're right, a shefet does have different halachic status than a melech, but it is, it was the greatest level of rulership that, that existed at that time. They weren't giving out the malchus position. The greatest the position was shefet. The king doesn't really matter. Then when you say Moshe's not a king, it doesn't really matter. Right. It was the highest position also. Right. Right. No, but the, the Moshe was okay because Yehuda hadn't got that yet. So I wouldn't pres- present an issue. The issue is if Osniel's considered a king and he had it, then the Ramban's own logic would dictate that Shaul wouldn't be able to receive and it later. all the Shaftim after him also? Those that came, right, right. So uh, anyway, that's, that's one of the kashas our Barbadil has. So Lachir obviously will have to say that Amban is talking only by a melech, and for some reason, you know, Shevet only here means a melech, which Barbadil also is a big problem. The Barbadil time if the Pasuk here meant a melech, it would have said melech. Shevet, Fakert, Shevet means any uh, level of authority. As the Gemara said in Sanhedrin, it's the Rashi Goliath Shebabavel. It doesn't even refer to melech. So how does he touch the Let's say Rashi Goliath Shebabavel. And then how does he answer that with? All right, well, let's, 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 let's see over here. So the Ramban continues. The, look at the next one, number three. The Indian Shoal, what was the word of Shoal? So the Ramban's good with Shoal, because given yet to David, you can't say Loyosa shouldn't depart. That only, that only gets set in motion once Yehuda receives it. But the Ramban's bother was something else. So why did the Abish to give it to Shoal? Why didn't Abishu give it to someone from Yehuda at that time? David was alive. Shaul was only king for two and a half years. David was alive. He was in his 20s. He could have been a king then. <laughs> he could have been a king. He could have started his king a couple years, uh, kingship a couple years early. So says the Ramban, V'inyan Shaul ho, says Ramban. It sounds like the Ramban's bothered. Why Taka did God give it to Shaul, who's from Binyamin? Okay, so you have Medrashim who says that Binyamin in a way deserved the kingship because he was the only one that didn't bow down to to Esau, to Esau. Everyone else bowed down to Esau. By this incredible vort of Reb Heschel of Krakow. Reb Heschel of Krakow, one of the great, great uh, scholars 400 years ago, that uh, Shaul ultimately loses to Malucha uh, simply for the story of Amalek. He kept the animals alive, kept the Gag alive. And the, the Malchuk is removed from him and given to Yehuda. But Shaul had a good time. Shaul said, I had good kavanas. I left the animals alive to bring karbanas. He had good explanations. But Maise Bapoyol, he did something wrong. He went against the word of God, even though he had good intentions. But what was Shaul's time? I should remain king because go after good intentions. So Hashem said, wait a second. You know, you know why you were Bechlal king, Hashem tells Shaul? Because your Zayd bin Yamin, not Nishkebukt, he didn't bow down to Esau, right? And all the other brothers did. But the other brothers all had in mind the bowing down to the Ebeshter, they had good kavanas. It was only in their Maise it looked bad. So I always went boss of the Maise, the Ebeshter, after, after the actions. And since the actions of the other brothers looked bad, you, you, um, 
shoal were chosen because Binyamin didn't bow. But now that you yourself did a faulty action, but your tiny had good kavanas, good kavanas, Yehuda also had a good kavana when he bowed down to Esau. That's how the Heshel of Krakow learns why at that moment of the story of Amalek, uh, that would be a reason that Shaul would lose the Malucha and it would revert right back, revert right back to Yehuda. Yeah, As I learned to the Heshel. Yeah, she also went to the Pasuk that Binyamin was supposed to have two Malachim, no? Shaul and, and Ishbaisha, that's why Ishbaisha was Abner told him to become king. Right, right. Yeah. And he was, he was, he had some, uh, till himself messed up, and he blamed Avner for the concubines, and then, then Ishbosheth was murdered, etc. Fine. Black upon him. Says Ramban in number three. He says like this. But he says, when the Yidin asked for a king at that time, the Abishta wasn't happy with their request. We know when the Yidin asked for a king in the times of Shmuel, the Abishta wasn't happy. Because they asked, we want a king like all the goyim around us. They didn't have proper intentions. And, and Shmuel said, what's wrong with me? And Hashem tells Shmuel, don't feel so bad. They didn't just despise you, they despised me too. So the Ramban says, they had Shmuel. Shmuel was a shayfet, he was a prophet, he fought their wars. Why were they asking for a king? Like... <clears throat> Like Shmuel says, Hashem Malkechem, what's wrong with God? And Hashem told Shmuel, don't worry, it's, it's not only you they hate, they hate me too. They weren't happy with Shmuel to be king, not with the Abishta being a king. So therefore the Abishta Dafka wanted to give the Yidin a faulty kingdom, a kingdom that was temporary. So says Ramban, he couldn't make David king at the time, although David was alive. Because since the Malchus of David of Yehuda would be perpetual, the Abisha didn't want to give them a perpetual Malchus in response to their undeserving claim, an inappropriate claim. Fascinating Ramban. <coughs> and therefore he did not want to give to them Malchus Shel Kayama, something which would endure. Yeah, basically. Oh, <clears throat> but here, here's the here, that, Now we have a couple issues. And here are the big issues. Shaul was told, look, he quotes Apostle, Shaul was told, Shmuel tells Shaul, Shaul, you were foolish. You didn't do what God said. Had you done so, the Abish would make you a king ad oilam forever. Shaul was told, had he followed the word of God, he would have been kings forever. Now that's a problem. Why is that a problem? Let's think, why is that a problem for the Ramban? Why? But the Ramban says, Yankov's promise was only once you would have gets it, it won't leave. But maybe you'll never forever? get to Yehuda. Maybe you'll be shoals forever. So obviously that, that doesn't make sense. Ramban, because that means Yaakov's uh, promise and Yaakov's prophecy is not relevant. If Yaakov, it's like a Chelm prophecy. If Yaakov only meant that once Yehuda gets it, he'll never lose it. But he's never going to get it. That's like a Chelm. That doesn't make sense. So, so then it has to come to Yehuda's day one day. Yehuda's hand. So how could Shaul have been told that if you would be good, you would have kept it forever? So it's a very powerful kasha. So the Ralbag asked the kasha too. The Ralbag asked the kasha, and the Ralbag says, Oilam just means Yoivl. Oilam doesn't mean forever, it just means till Yoivl. You find that a few times when Chana brought little baby Shmuel. Shmuel was two years old, and she brought Shmuel to Shiloi, to Eli, for 50 years. Shmuel passed away at 52. And she said, I'm giving to him forever. Ad Oilam. Oilam is 50 years. Yeah, exactly. That's how the Rabag learns. That's all it meant. But the Ramban learns differently. And this is quite important. Ramban says, She'im, we're in number three. And She'im loy chata, if Shaw wouldn't have sinned, 
He would have had Malchus Bisrol, but loyal Kulam, not on all of them. In other words, Ramban is saying there is room, even in Yankov's prophecy, that there could be two kings. But Yehuda would have to be on the majority. Now, the Ramban said, we saw number one, the Ramban said clearly that uh, the kings have to be from Yehuda. Yehuda has to rule Bechol Yisrael. But here, the Ramban seems to be changing it and saying, no, as long as Yehuda would be a king over most of the Yidin, that's enough, that satisfies Yankov's prophecy, and there could be a king on the Shar. Vezeh Tam El Yisrael, fascinating. Shaul was told, if you, would, if you would have been good, you would have been a king, not on the Yidin, but to the Yidin. What does to the Yidin mean? He would have ruled Al Shivte Imma in the Shvatim of his mother. Which means uh, he comes from Binyamin, so from Rochel's family. Binyamin, Ephraim, or Menashe, and that wouldn't be a problem. Because Yehuda Ephraim are like two different nations. So that's a fascinating thing. The reason this is so important is there's a big Shaila Bechlal. When you're only a king over a minority of Yidin, are you considered a full fledged king? There's a well-known story, the Gemara Masech the Brachas, Tafiud speaks about a story that Chizkiah, the mm. king, became very ill because he never had kids. He didn't want to have kids because he saw that his kids are going to, he's, he's going to have a Menashe. He didn't want to have kids. So Yeshaya was, Yeshaya needed to come give a prophecy to Chizkiah. But uh, the problem was, Chizkiah wasn't going to go visit Yeshaya. Yeshaya wasn't going to come visit Chizkiah. So the Abish had to make a pshara, he made Chizkiah sick, and Yeshaya visited the sick, and then Yeshaya pelts Chizkiah and says, you're going to die, yada, yada. And Chizkiah says, no, it's never too late. Maybe if I marry your daughter, maybe we'll have good kids, etc. And he did, and they still had, uh, had Menashe and Rav Shoke, etc. So it's a fascinating thing that neither Chizkiah wanted to go to Yeshaya nor Yeshaya to Chizkiah. And the Gemara says they, brought, they both brought Raias while the other guy has to come to him. And Chizkiah said, the Navi always has to come to the king. Look by Achav and Eliyahu. Eliyahu, the prophet, is the one that went to Achav. So Bechlal, the prophet, has to go to the king. And Yeshaya said, what are you talking about? There's a story when Achav's son Yehoram was fighting together with the, with the king of Yehuda, Yehoshaphat. The, the two of them needed to locate Elisha, and they went to Elisha. So you see, the king has to go to the Novi. Now, it's a fascinating thing, because if you look through Tanakh, almost always it's the Novi that goes to the king. When David sinned with Bathsheba, Nosan HaNovi was told by Hashem, go to David. God HaChoyzer came when David ended up counting the Yidin, and, uh, and there was a Magefa. God Achoyzer was told by the Abish to go to David. When Shaul sinned, Shmuel was told, go to Shaul. And before the war of Amalek, when Shmuel had to go tell her, Shmuel was, you know, Shmuel was given the Nevuah to go. It was always the Navi always goes to the king. In fact, the Gemara says in Hyrius, the Gemara then the Hyrius gives a whole list when you, can, when you have to save. If numerous people need to be saved, there is an order of priority of who gets first preference. Kayin, and there's a Melech who comes first, and Kayin Gadol, and Kayin Gadol comes before the Navi. What do you mean when people need to be saved? Pidjin Shvuyim, or Pidjin Shvuyim, or... It's time to start thinking again. Well, that's the... You Raise your hand if you're a Kayin. <laughs> that's, that's exactly... That's the, but that, that's where we say that a Mamzer Talmud Chachem 
is from that idea. If you have a guy who's a mamza, but he's a lamdan, he gets saved first before the kohen gadol amaris. But the melech comes before the kohen gadol, kohen gadol comes before the navi. So, l'chayra, melech definitely has pre- precedence and preference to a Navi. And we find all the stories on Tanakh, it's always the Navi going to the Melech. We find it by we find it by Shaul numerous times, we find it by David. You know, so Lukhaira Chizki is right. Yeshai has to come to him. Yeshaya found one story, one Mysa. When Yehoram, Achav son, Yeshova were in war at Chvais and they needed to find Elisha, so the two of them found Elisha. Ainmol, Ainmol. Usually it's the Navi that goes to the king. And it makes sense as to the way it should be. Pinchas and Yiftach, another Maisa. It's a well-known story in Medrash, Medrash Rabbah, Tanchuma. Yiftach had made a pledge that he's going to war. And whatever, when he comes, if he wins the war against Ammon, whatever comes out of his house when he returns, is offering his curb. His daughter comes out, right? And uh, so most, it's interesting, they, most Mepharshim learn, it doesn't mean he offered her as a carbon, he sent her to live as a hermit in the forest, etc. Grad Chazal seemed to learn that no, he actually shechted her and offered her. And the problem is Pinchas could have, been, could have undid Yiftach's nether. And the Medrash says, Pinchas says, yeah, I can, but let Yiftach come to me. And Yiftach said, Vos, ich bin doch, I'm the, I'm the shoifet, I'm the king. I'm the Nasi, let, let uh, Pinchas come to me. Is Mamash the same argument? And the Medrash says, and because the two of them were fighting about this, Nebuch, the little girl died. And therefore they were both punished. They were both punished. Yiftach was punished, it says he was buried in numerous cities. What that means is that where he would travel, different body parts would fall off. They buried one hand over here, one hand somewhere else. Wow. And Pinchas was punished, he lost his Ruach HaKadosh for many years. In fact, I have a whole theory. That's when he stopped becoming king. Well, that's not my theory. That, that's, that's already from the Zoyan Pirkei de Belezer. But everybody asks, if Pinchas and Elio is the same person, so why did he have a name change? And why we barely hear from him? After we, in Sefer Shoftim, we have him in the story of Pelegish Begiva. That's clear in the Psukim. But we don't know exactly, exactly when that story happened. The story of Yiftach, it says, it was 300 years. We know exactly when it happened. But the psukim there don't say Pinchas was there. Chazal say Pinchas was there. But then you don't find anything about Pinchas until uh, you know. Then Eliyahu Hanavi appears mitamol in the times of Achav a long, a long time later, hundreds of years later. And the vort is that Pinchas lost his ruach hakodesh because of the story with Yiftach, and he only got it back a long time later. And he had a name change. He had to have a shinui Hashem. His name was changed to Elio, if you hold it to the same person. Obviously, there are many sources in Chazal that it's not the same person. But according to the Shittas that it is the same person, why did he have a name change? Because Pinchas lost, because of the story of Yiftach. It says clearly in Medrash, he lost his Ruach HaKadosh, and apparently he had to have a name change. That's my theory. My theory is the reason he needed to have a name change was in order to be able to get back to Ruach HaKadosh. Anyhow, take it or leave it, but the Medrash clearly says he was punished because of his stubbornness not to go to Yiftach. The two of them were punished. Yiftach died a horrible death, and Pilchus lost to Ruach HaKadosh. So you have a similar story. So, so there they were both glad to punished. Interesting. But usually it's the Navi going to the king. And here you have Chizki and Yeshaya fighting over this business. L'chayr Chizki is in the right. Yeshaya found ein meiser, one meiser, when during a war, Yeshaya and Yeshaya had to find Elisha. 
Everywhere else, it's the Navi going to the king. So the Bionis and Eibeshitz, not the one I have on the sheet in number seven, in a different Russia in his Yairas Dvash, he says a very important Yesaid. He said the debate between Chizkiah and Yeshaya was if you're only a king over a few Shvatim, are you really a king? <laughs> yeah. By Shaul HaMelech, he was a real king. He ruled over Klal Yisrael. So Shmuel had to go to him. By David was a real king. He ruled over Klal Yisrael. So Nasan HaNavi was sent to him. There is a real Melech. Melech is Kaidim Lanavi. And therefore the Navi always has to go to the king. Chizkiah, at the times of Chizkiah, he's only a king over Yehuda, Binyamin, Levi, and maybe some individuals from the other Shvatim. But it was, I mean, Chizkiah lived during the time of the Golos of the Ten Tribes, but he didn't rule over them. And therefore, therefore his kingdom was, was very shaky. And that's why Yeshaya Tainad, <laughs> a, a king like you has to come to me. And that's why, why Chizkiah Taka couldn't prove from Shlomo or from David. Chizkiah knew that he has a bit of a weak tainer. Why should Yeshaya come to him? So Chizkiah had to bring a raya from Elio and Achav. Why was that a good raya? Well, Chizkiah thought it was a good raya because Chizkiah thought, listen, Achav Bechlau was only from the Malchus Yisrael, so he wasn't really a fully legitimate king. In addition, while Achav was a king, there was a king in Malchus Yehuda. So Achav's kingdom wasn't a full, even though Achav ruled over the majority of Yidin, his kingdom definitely wasn't a, a full-fledged kingdom. And yet, Elio, Dafka, sword fit to approach him. So me, says Chizkiah, I should say the same thing, Yeshaya should come to me. And Yeshaya told him, you're still different than Achav, because first, Achav, as good as you think Uriah is, it's still different, because Achav's kingdom is still better than yours, in one way, in one way. Your Tarka Malchus based David, Achav wasn't. But Achav ruled over the majority of Yidin. You're only a miut. You're only a miut. You're only a miut. And that actually has to do with numerous of the debates between Yeshaya and Chizkiah over there. Because Yeshaya told Chizkiah, you're going to die. There's a gzera for you to die because he didn't have kids. Chizkiah said, what do you mean? I have a tradition, my base Abba, that even if there's a sword on your neck, you should never hold yourself back from davening. Now, what does he mean he has a tradition, me base Abba? That means from Malchus base David. Because the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah discusses that once the Abisha makes a decree with a Shavua, you can't break it. Maybe a Tzibur could, maybe a congregation could break a Gzar did with a Shavua. The Shaila is, is a Melech, halachically like a Tzibur. There's a well known Shuv of the Rashba. The Rashba says every king is halachically like a community. So what Chizkiah was saying was, I have a tradition going me base Abba, that since we're real kings, and therefore we have the din of a tzibur, so therefore by us, even if the sword is on our, even if it's a gzar din with the shvu, I could break it. But Yeshaya said, no, you're going to die. You're not really a king. Therefore you're not halachic like a tzibur, and therefore you can't break a gzar din with the shvu. It was the same debate of who should go to who, was if you're going to die or not. Anyhow. Anyhow, so Akoponim, coming back to our discussion over here, it's just fascinating that uh, Ramban over here is saying that, yeah, there's room for Shaul to be a king, but it would only be of a minority of Yidin. But then he says another option, or he would be a Melech Tachas Yad Melech Yehuda. Another pshat is Kesar or Palgi Kesar, a Caesar and half the Caesar, which is an idea in Gemara Sanhedrin. The Gemara Sanhedrin says in the future there's going to be two Davids. There's going to be the Grace Mashiach and David Avdi. Uh, 
Akim Lahem, there's going to be a new David. But David HaMelech will also be there. And the Gemara says, David HaMelech will be like a Palgi Kaser. He'll be like half in charge, a vice president. Right. Which means even, the Gemara is talking about even in Malchus based David, at the same time you can have two people, the king and the Palgi Kaser. So says Ramban, maybe that was the promise that Shaul was being told, that you would have been a king forever together and underneath Yehuda. So Ramban's giving two options how it wouldn't go against Lo Yosher Shevet Me Yehuda. Oh, oh. So here, so here there's two other things. And we're, okay, we're going to go quick. So here's the issue, though. Before we get to the Chashmanoyim, you come to Yerovam. So we know that Shoal, um, uh, after Shoal was David, then Shloima, was only two generations that Malchus based David had the rule over all of the Yidin. And then, and then it, it broke away. In fact, Shloima was told about this while he was alive. He was punished because he didn't rebuke his uh, protest, his wives, Avoy Zorah. And therefore he was told, your Malchus will be torn away from your kid. And it happened right away in the times of Shloim's kid Rechavam. And the story goes that Yeruvam, it's a story in Nach, Yeruvam was in the field. This was while Shloim was alive. Yeruvam was originally one of the greatest scholars that ever lived. I mean, he was a big, big man. And he found Achiyah, Achiyah Shloim finds him in the field. Achiyah Shloim tears a coat into uh, the 12 different parts. And he tells Yeruvam that, you know, you're going to be, you're destined to be king. And he tells him, he tells him that, he, lets re- he told him, if you're good, you will have it for a long time. But he told him, ach loy kol ayomim, not forever. So look at the next paragraph. he says Ramban, all the kings that ruled from Shar Shvatim after David went against the desire of Yaakov. During Bayis Rishon, the Ramban is saying, all of the kings of Malchi saw for 200 years they all broke the wish of Yaakov. Why? Why? Because you had people not from Yehuda that ruled over the majority of Eden. That's a no-no. If the what? Oh, 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 oh. So I, actually, right, right. So we're going to see that Amban Dafkhold is not an avias. It can't be, be. In order to answer the kasha of the run, we're going to see. No, it was a wish. It was a wish of Yaakov. It was a tzavah. It was a tzavah. It was a last will and testament. It was a tzavah. It was not a prophecy. Because, because if it was a prophecy, the Ran and the Abarbanel, the Ran and the Abarbanel both ask if it was a prophecy, it barely came true. The prophecy existed for, um, for 40, you know, while David was 40 years and Shleim was 40 years, and that's it. Because otherwise the prophecy didn't exist. Because right after, you right, you had... The Malchi Yisrael, where you had kings from other Shvatim ruling over most of the Eden. Unless you say after the Goldus of the ten tribes. Okay, they had Shechem, and they had Shomron, and they had their own things. But the Vortus, they had Roiv Yidin. They had Roiv Yidin. Says Ramban, they were going against the will of Yaakov. Now, what did they rely on? He says, all of the kings of Malchi relied on Achia Shilani's words. Achia Shilani anointed Yeravam. And he said, I'm going to afflict the house of David. But not forever. So here's the, the real tricky thing for the Ramban is, what was Achia telling Yeruvam? Achia told Yeruvam that if you guys are good, you will have kingdom in your family, but not forever. All the Rishonim on that Pasuk learn not forever means when Mashiach comes, it's, it's only going to be Yehuda. But until then, for a very long time, it could be Yeruvam could be king. And Yeruvam was... 
Achia broke the coat into 12 parts. He said, you're going to rule over the majority of Eden. What was your Rav, according to Ramban, what was your Rav telling Achia? How could your Rav say that for a very long time, till Mashiach comes, your family could be the king of majority of Eden? That's against, a, it's, a, it's a huge issue. It's a major issue. And the Ramban, he, he, he's, he's, he's dealing with it and not dealing with it at the same time. The Ramban is just saying that the kings of Bayes Rishon relied on Yeruvim's prophecy, but they sinned because they went against Yankov's wish, because Kasher Herichu Yisrael, they didn't have the right to go for a long time. Because you because Achia said not forever. Where's the line? There was no the Ralbag, the Radak, they all learn means but Mashiach comes and has to stop. But until then, for a thousand years you can have it. Also, Mashiach. That's what everybody learns. So the Ramban seems means not more than fifty years or something. He says, Kasherichu Yisrael. The whole Malchus Yisrael wasn't that long, two hundred years. He says the problem was they went too long. Once they went too far, they no longer could could um, support themselves on Yeruvim's uh, on Achia's prophecy. The Melech uh, Melech, and they didn't go back to Malchus Yehuda. They went al Tzavah. They rebelled against the Tzavah of Yankov. They were punished. So that's an interesting thing. He has to teach that when Achia told Yeruvim was only for a small amount of time. When Achia when Achia said not forever, he meant you know not more than fifty years or something. Which is not how anybody learns that pasuk. If you learn, if you learn the pasuk like everybody else, it's a big, it's a big problem with the whole Ramban's mahalach. How could Yeruvim be told by Achia that you could guys could be a king for a very long time? Uh, now he comes to the Chashmanoim to so says that Ramban. This was the punishment of the Chashmanoim who ruled in Bayisheni. And the Ramban says, fast, we're number four. Says the Ramban, they were Chasidei Elyon. They were the greatest of the great. If not for them, the term would have been forgotten. But they were punished to Einish Gadol. He says, because the four sons of the old Chashmanoi, HaChasidim, that ruled one after the other, with all of their strength and all their atzlocha, they fell to their enemies by the sword. And then he quotes to Gemara Baal Basra, that uh, that girl got up and said, whoever says that from the Chashmanoim is an Evid. They were all wiped out because of this sin. He says, I, some of them were Tzedukim. He says, but that's not why they were killed, because that was only some of them. But that, that was only the Zer of Shimon were Tzedukim. But the rest of Matasio's kids, the only, the only infraction they had was the fact that they were kings, although they weren't from Malchus based David, and they removed the Shevet and Mechokek Legamri. And he says, that's why they were murdered. He says, fascinating. They were supposed to be the servants. Yehuda supposed to be the king. And they rebelled. They took the kingdom from Yehuda. So what was their punishment? Their own servant, Hurdus, rebelled against them. The Abishah took their own Eved, and the Eved cut them off. Imagine the Midah, Kenegad Midah. They was, the Chashmonoim should have been servants to Yehuda as the king. And they usurped no, the Malucha. No, no malucha for over 100, for 150 years. Okay, but when there is, the Ramban said in the beginning of the first paragraph, when there is a king, it has to be from Yehuda. I mean, by Shane was no Maluch until they came. Yeah, but right, right. But, but, correct, and correct. But now, correct, that's right. But now that Maluch is possible, it belongs to Yehuda. That's what the Ramban, the Ramban, the first thing the Ramban says is whenever there are kings, it has to belong to Yehuda. And that's why they were. So he says they were all murdered, and the only infraction they had with this. Mama's they crazy. They're saying they're the Chashmanoim? They should have appointed someone from Yehuda. 
What? They could have appointed. There were plenty of Choshev people there from Yehuda, from the Shevet Yehuda. But they, they didn't appoint themselves. Sure they did. Sure they, they did. Themselves. Yes. They just made them. But they had. But even Best so, even even so. Yes. Right, and the Rambam, the Rambam says about two hundred years. I know. So even if they were the most no. royal from Malucha, they should have appointed someone. I know, but the Rambam tell you, the Rambam Peloshin is. He says Chazra Malchus Yisrael more than two hundred years. I know. That's one hundred and three. Five generations of Hashemunah, with 103 years. You're counting Hudus' generation? <laughs> you're counting, no, you're counting Hudus' kingdom. What? You're, you're talking about because the story of Aristobulus, you count. Well, there was five generations of Hashemunah. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. But then what about Hudus' times? And after Hudus, in other words, kingdom returned to the Eden. Who is after Are you counting Hudus in the five generations? It was five generations. Are you, I'm asking, are you counting Hudus in the five? You know the Rambam says 200 years, more than 200 years. You're not counting Hudus in your story. You're talking about when Pompey came and the two brothers were fighting, Aristobulus and, and, uh, and Alexander Yanai. That was 100 years later. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't stop there completely. It didn't stop there completely. Hudus was later. Correct. But there was still some level of Malchus until the Churban. Yeah, the Romans, Pompey came, the whole story, Pompey came and the Romans had a stronger hand. But uh, the Yidin still had some level of, uh, of Malchus autonomy until, until the end, as the Rambam says. Now let's just, uh, uh, so, so here's the thing, so here's the thing. So the Rambam says a crazy thing, and then he finishes off, it could be, but what was even worse was the fact they were Koyanim. A Koyan has no business being a Melech. A Koyan Mamash has no business being a Melech. But uh, it was because they were over on the Tzavah of Yaakov. So I just want to say that... Let, let's, let's, just do this, let's just do this quickly. <laughs> so, most Rishonim disagree with this Ramban. And most Rishonim hold that the Chashmanoim actually did not go against the will of Yaakov. Neither did all the kings in Bayes Rishon go against the will of Yaakov. And that's why when Achia told Yeruvim, if you would be good, you'd be king for a very long time, it was literal. Now, why Taka doesn't go against the will of Yaakov? So look at number five on the left, there's Docher Rashba. That, now the Rashba was peppered by some kashas. Somebody asked the Rashba, and the Ramban also dealt with this in one of his drushes, the Christians want to prove from this Pesach Mashiach came. Because it says, Yehuda will always have a king, Ad ad kiyova shiloh till shiloh arrives. That means there'll always be a king till shiloh arrives. Yeah. Now, now the, well, the, there's no more king of Yehuda, right? Must be shiloh arrived. Must be Yoshka Mashiach has already arrived and finished. So the Rajbur says like this. Oh, Mark, let me tell you, Amitus Pirish of Kacho. What it means is like this. He says the Rajbur is very simple with the Pasuk. Yankiv meant Bechal something completely different. Lo yasu shevet mi Yehuda. Lo means like this. There'll be kings from many shvatim. And for most shvatim, once they lose it, they lose it forever. Yehuda will not lose it forever. Because he'll get it back when Mashiach comes. Look how he types. Look in the second line. 
Kilabsoif Yavai Shiloi, Shiloi will come, which is from Yehuda's nation, Yehuda's Shevet, and he will return the Malchus. Vatan, what this means is all the Shvatim, every Shevet had a Melech or a Shevet, ain Echod Mikulam that didn't have a Sraras Malchus or Shevet. Historically, every Shevet always had somebody of greatness. Right, he said, Malamdim and Seifim. Avo Mipnesha, Eino Nitlulahem. But, but because it wasn't their official inheritance, so when they lost it, they lost it forever. But Yehuda, when it departs, it never departs forever. What Yankov meant was, when the Shevet leaves Yehuda, it's not forever. Because they'll get it back with Mashiach. That's what Apostle meant. And Hashem... He says, Hashem never promised that the Yidin won't go into Golos because you always need to have a king. That's what the Gemara said in Sanhedrin, yeah. And Medavid Ve'elech is with Ramban also said, until David, anyone could have it, right? That all fits fine. That's what the Gemara said in Sanhedrin. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin, that statement comes from Sanhedrin Dafei. Now continues the Rajba. But the, prom- the promise of Yankov was that Yehuda owns the kingdom. And therefore, if it departs, it won't depart forever. Because there one day will come a time when Mashiach will come and he'll return it to him. And when the Pasuk says, Ad Kiyov Shiloi, it doesn't mean until. Umilas Ad It means forever. The Pasuk means like this. The Shevut will never leave Yehuda. Lo'ad forever, comma. Because Kiyavai Shiloi, because one day Shiloi will come and it'll bring her back. Or Matsino Ad, Kamoi Lo'ad, like Shoichen Ad. When it says the Abish, it means Lo'ad, the Abish rests and dwells forever. So the Rajba learns, Bechlau, what Yaakov meant was like this. Yeah, Yehuda will be king, and then Yehuda won't be king. But he won't lose it forever. So according to the Rajba, Yehuda could be king for one generation, for David and Shlomo, no problem. The point, the point of Yankov's prophecy was he'll lose it, but it'll come back. So the whole Bayes Rishon, he could have lost it, no problem. And the other, and Ravan's family could be kings, no problem. And the Hashemah did nothing wrong. That's Bechlal, not what the prophecy meant. And the Maharal in number six says the same thing. The Maharal in his Gurari and Mamish says the same thing as the Rajba. The Maharal says, Im mm-hmm. If you lose something for a small amount of time, it's not called removal. Removal means forever. That's what the word means. Um, anything which comes back to its original place means it never departed. So even though for many generations Yehuda won't have a king, but uh, it's, it's, it's called not departing. Because anything which departs never returns. If it returns, it means it never departed. It's mamish the same answer as the Rajput. So according to that, Bechlau the Chashmon did nothing wrong. And Yeruvam could have been promised by Achir to be kings for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's never a problem. Because they taka could remove from... They could remove it from, from David. Yeah, if I cared, Yankov was prophesying that it will be removed, but not completely removed. That's that's Bechlau one Mahalach, according to which Tachashmonim did nothing wrong. The Ran in his Drushes Haran in Drush Shvi also has a Mahalach about this, and the Ran says a very important thing. The Ran says, you know what Bechlau Yankov meant? Yankov meant that whenever there's going to be kings amongst Yidin, some of the kingdom will belong to Yehuda. Again, the Ran says the Pshat in Yankov's prophecy and Brocha was 
that whenever there's kings amongst Yidin, Yehuda has to be somewhere involved. So during Bayis Rishon, as long as his, as long as Malchus based David had a couple shvatim, is good enough. The the Aseris Fashvatim Bechlau was not going against what Yaakov said, and Achia could have promised Yeravam a long term look, It's not a problem, because Yehuda always has a remnant. The problem is the Chashmonoim, because the time of the Chashmonoim Yehuda had nothing. So, so the Ran says like this: the Chashmonoim themselves did nothing wrong, because Yankov wasn't making a prohibition that no one could be a king Bechlau besides Yehuda like the Ramban. The Ramban learns Yankov was giving a tzavah Allah's own visions and only Yehuda could be king. The Ran says no. Yanka was giving a promise. It was a promise and a, a prophecy in a havtacha that Yehud will always epis be somehow arangemished in the malucha. But other people have the right to be king. So the Chashmon have the right to be king. The problem is that what happened to Yanka's prophecy? Why during the Chashmonoim wasn't one of the? There should have been a, somebody in the malucha from Yehuda. So the Ran says a fascinating. The Ran says the Chashmonoim were not kings. The Ran says they weren't kings, they were puppet kings under the Romans. The Ran hold the Chashmonim were not Malachim. The Rambam says they were. You know what it has to do with? With how you say Halal on Hanukkah. Because the Gemara says in Megillah you don't say Hanukkah on Purim. You don't say Halal on Purim. Three different reasons. One reason is because it's a Ness and Chutzlars. One reason is because the Megillah itself is, is the Halal. But Rava says because how could they halu avde Hashem? We're we're under the we're under the auspices of Achashverosh. So the Shail is ah. So what about now by Hanukkah? How do we say halu? How do we say halu? So the Rambam says well the Malchus returned. The Ran says Bechal the Malchus never returned because the Ran holds the main reason of why you say of why we don't say halu on Purim is because why? Is because the Megillah itself is the halu. N- not because of the reason we're still under the auspices of Achashverosh. Because according to the Ran by Hanukkah, we were still also the, under the auspices of the Goyim. It's a fascinating thing. They Bechlal weren't kings. They Bechlal weren't kings. Fascinating Mahalach of the Ran. If they were kings, then the promise of Yankiv is obviously. Yankiv said that whenever there'll be kings, Yehud will have something. No, but no, because the Gemara said, because according to the Ran, we're still under the auspices. We weren't autonomous. We were under the auspices of a different nation. And, and Rava says in Masech to Megillah, you don't say Halal on, on Purim. They didn't, once they conquered, the Yehuda conquered, they had the center of Eretz Yisrael all to themselves. They kicked that in that area. They the Ran says they were puppet kings under the Romans. The Romans were in charge. It's a drosh of the Ran. The Romans came, they wanted to They kept on kicking them out. Every, every, Every he said before the Romans it was. <coughs> I know the number 103 by Tanabon. Beforehand. <coughs> the Ran says there were puppet kings under other nations. He says before the Romans, before the Romans, he, he grabbed it, says the Persians. It probably means the Greeks. But the Ran says there were puppet kings under other. He says clearly, he says they were not Malachim. And he has to say that because that was according to his shitta, the promise of Yankiv was obsolete. I just want to finish one more thing before I go. The Yonis and Ibishitz in number seven has an incredible mahalach. In Yaris Dvash, Halitz Badom, he wants to defend the Chashmanoim. And he has another Shaila. The famous story of Masechta Brochus that they removed Rabbi Gamliel from being, from being the Nasi. They put Rabbi Lozim and Azariah. The Chachamim in Yavna. It's a story of Masechta Brachas. The problem is Rabbi Gamliel 
comes from Hillel. He's an Ainakul of Hillel. Elazar ben Azariah was a Koyan, he comes from Ezra. How did they have the right to remove authority from Yehuda and give it to Elazar ben Azariah? And he quotes the Gemara in Sanhedrin Tafhei that we said, and Mechoikik mi Bein Raglov. Eilu Bnei Hillel. Okay, it's a bit of a misquote, but the point is that the Gemara there says there has to be Torah authority from Yehuda. And in fact, the Gemara there says, Mi Bnei Hillel, which would include Rabban Gamliel. So how in the famous story in Yavne did they depose of Rabban Gamliel and, and uh, appoint Rabbi Lozman Azaria? So he quotes a famous Toysus. The Toysus brings a Yerushalmin Kilayim that actually Hillel does not come from David HaMelech. Hillel's family were from Sheva ben Yomin. They come from David, from one of David's daughters. It's a famous thing. was not from Malchus based David. Yeah, the Gemara said in Shabbos that Rebbe came from David, so he wanted to, to explain the whole story of David and Bashev and Uriah. He did come from David, but not Ben Achaben. He was Ben Achaben from Sheva ben Yomin. Hillel's family was from ben Yomin. It's Yerushalmi. Ulafiza ah, so what do you see from there? That as long as from your mama, your shaykh is to shave at Yehuda, it's okay, you could be in charge. Ulafiza, the imu rak mitzad aimi Yehuda, it's good enough. And that was b'nei bon of Shilhillel. Oh, so wait a second. The chashmenoim come from Aaron. Who was Aaron married to? Elisheva, Nachshim ben Amidah, another sister. So, ah, oh, so it's from the mama, from the mama, all kainim come from Yehuda. So says of Yenis and Ibish, it's just as good as Hillel's family. Ishta Shal Aaron was the sister of Nachshan, and therefore the Chashmanoim from their mother, they're just like B'nai Hillel. And Rabbi ben Azari, who's a Koyan, he also, so Rabbi ben Azari is no worse than Rabbi Gamliel. They both are the same Yichas. And then he throws in another thing. Nadav, it's a famous story. Yeah. It's okay, he quotes it from a Tanchum, it's also Gemara Sanhedrin. Nadav and Avio were once walking behind Moshe and Aaron. They said, when will these two old people die and we'll take over the rulership? What they meant was that we're the only ones that could be king. Because from the mama, their mother, their mother, Elisheva, was the sister of Nach, Shevet Yehuda. So therefore, Shabriyaz and Abzu creates the whole Yesoid based on that Tosis and Yerushalmi, that Bechal Hillel's family were only from Malchus based David from one of the daughters of David, but that's enough to be uh, to have rulership. So it explains the story of Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Lozab and Azariah, and explains the whole Hashemenoim. So Akhaponim, what you see from all this is that most shittas disagree heavily with this Ramban. The Rajba, the Ran, the Barbanel as well, the Maharal, the Maharal there in that parish mentions the Hashemenoim. They all believe the Hashemenoim did nothing wrong with the command of Yankov. And Yankiv, the Rajbah says Yankiv meant one thing, the Ran gave a different pshat, but al Koponim, they all believe that the Hashemun did nothing wrong. But the Ram, no, ah, so we mentioned, many hold that most of the Hashemunim weren't killed. Thousands of them survived, but they were scared of Hurdas to come out and say something. The Ramban holds they were all killed. Well, the Ramban's the only one that holds that they had this big infraction. So the Ramban Lashitose, because he holds they had this big infraction, for some reason or another, they deserved this terrible Midah, Kenegad Midah, they should all be wiped out. But the other Rishonim who hold they did nothing wrong, maybe they're the ones that hold, that actually there were many survivors. They were just scared of Hurdas. All right, this wraps up this discussion. Yes, Rabbi Tanabam.